the intense winter storms in Texas have produced some great memes. Amber Ruffin is joining the team behind the Some Like It Hot musical. And we're talking with Chris Murphy about the magic of Brandy Cinderella. It's February 16th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So Casey, I saw something on Twitter and I need a quick breakdown. What is a Chris Harrison and why is he racist? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, you know, we had Steven here on Friday and we were talking about all this that happened with that like interview he had where he did not come off well. And, you know, Bachelor Nation really came after him for all of his just poor worded statements about the racism on the show right now. And uh, so he basically came out and was like, I've decided to step back for a period of time. So uh, does a period of time mean the months between this bachelor and the bachelorette? <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you that I'm not feeling like positive about um, about like how long he'll stay away. But um, hopefully they're going to make some changes. That's all we can hope for. My take on this is that it was not surprising to me that a white man that hosted a show for 20 years that never put people <laughs> of color in it was being racist. Not <laughs> a surprise. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, let's start off this show with the fact that Texas got walloped by snow and cold weather over the weekend. And of course, there were memes that followed. There's a whole host of videos that include Huskies, the sled racing dog, finally getting to play in snow, and they're so wholesome. Equally wholesome are the photos circulating of neighborhoods with small dustings and kids enjoying sledding for the first time. But while the memes are great, Texans are suffering because many households have lost power thanks to the storm. Some people have even taken photos of how the water in their bathtubs has frozen because of the lack of power and cold temperatures. Thanks to this lack of government foresight, everyone is dunking on Ted Cruz and other Texas officials. Cruz commented on Twitter about California being, quote, unable to perform basic functions of civilization, like having reliable electricity, just back in August. Cruz probably deserves to be dunked on, but Texans don't deserve to have lost their power. Yes. And actually, I have family in Houston and, you know, their power has gone out. And, you know, my cousin is fiance stayed at a fire station that they volunteer at. Oh, wow. My aunt and uncle had to stay with their daughter because it's just like people have lost power mm -hmm. because of the snow. And then others have had forced power outages to conserve the power. Oh, wow. You know, and everyone's trying to figure it out. You know, I mean, it would be the same if California all of a sudden had the snow and we were like, we don't know how to handle this. Yeah. But yes, it is nice. You know, it is like a scary time. So it is nice to see people enjoying the snow when they can. I just, it makes me think of all this time when people are like, Cruz specifically, who goes, mm. climate change isn't real. It's so warm outside. It, how is it cooling down or whatever? And then now it's snowing. It's like, hmm, let's revisit that climate change conversation. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so meanwhile, comedian Amber Ruffin will join the creative team for the Some Like It Hot musical. In an email to Variety, Ruffin said, I've been trying to break into musicals for quite a while now, so when this opportunity came along, I jumped at the chance. I couldn't pass up the chance to work with people whose work I admire, and now that I've gotten to work with them, I feel like I've made some real friends. The Broadway musical interpretation will feature Black actors in key roles, including the part originally played by Marilyn Monroe. I had no idea this was happening, and I'm very, very, very excited about it. Um, Amber Ruffin's brilliant, wonderful person. Uh, but this is, I love the original with Marilyn Monroe. Uh, yeah, and you know what? This news 
made so much sense to me this morning because I'm actually watching Detroiters for the first time and Amber Ruffin is in it. And in the episode I watched last night, she was singing and she was so good. And I was like, oh my God, she loves musicals. And you go back to her time on late night. She, you know, before her own show, she was singing any chance she got. So I'm like, this is perfect for her. I'm I, excited. We, we love to see it. So congratulations, Amber. We look forward to seeing the film. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that story is actually a decent segue into something we both have very strong feelings about. Zach, did you watch Brandy Cinderella on Disney Plus this weekend because they added it on Friday? Not only did I watch it this weekend, but I made a very special occasion of it by watching it on Valentine's Day um, and eating pizza and pasta and tiramisu and really just basking in the glory that is Whitney Houston being a fairy godmother. So yes, I I have watched it recently and I've watched it a lot throughout the pandemic because it was on YouTube.com before Disney (laughs) put it back on their streaming service. So yeah, there you go. I'm proud of you. That sounds like the perfect Valentine's Day, to be honest. (laughs) And you know, like the cultural impact and memories of Cinderella, they can't be understated. The movie premiered in 1997. So, you know, why have we had only one other Black Disney princess after all this time? To talk about it, we've brought on Chris Murphy from Vulture, and he's someone who has just as many feelings about this as we do. He wrote the piece, Do You Understand the Impact of Brandy and Whitney's Cinderella? Hey, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Of course. So, you know, we know Disney Plus finally added Cinderella to its streaming rotation last Friday. And we have to note, one, did you spend the entire three-day weekend watching it? And then two, did you just absolutely love the discourse online from everyone else who was watching it? Um, so, yeah, actually, one, yeah, I did spend, actually spent sort of four days, so sort of Thursday <laughs> at midnight wow. all the way through Monday, uh, the long weekend. I did spend the whole entire time watching it. And I did. I It's one of those movies that, for me, it's so personal. Like, it's one of those things that I just think of it like, oh, it's like a movie that was made for me. I love Cinderella. I I love musicals. I love amazing singers. I love incredible comedians. I love everything about it. And so I, I've always thought of it as like, oh, it's a movie that's just mine. I'm the only one who loves Disney's Cinderella. Like, it's it's just me. <laughs> and then to sort of see how beloved it is by the masses, it blows my mind and it makes me feel, you know, like I'm a part of a community. It's like, where were all these Disney, you know, Cinderella, Brandy loving, you know, kids when I was 11 watching Cinderella and like hiding it from my friends who played baseball. I was going to say, Zach and I talked about this already. And I think it's because we didn't know everyone else loved it. And then we all found it at the same time because it just aired on ABC network. And so it was like, you know, it's like that candy that you got once in your childhood and you can never get it. And you're like, but you remember how good it tasted. And you remember (laughs) Yes, and you yes, you literally had to either you had to be watching it like on November 4th, like 1997, <laughs> sitting in front of the television screen, or you might have missed it. And thank God that I definitely was watching it. And then I made I definitely made my parents like tape over their wedding on a VHS recording so that I could have it. Um and I have no regrets because I definitely would watch Cinderella. No more. regrets, no regrets. So Chris, in your piece at Vulture, you write that the piece or the movie rather most profoundly shaped your life. What did you mean by that? You know, as a fellow black black person that's queer, like I have a similar feeling of this, but like I want to hear from you because you wrote so beautifully about this. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I know that sounds like such a like a crazy thing to say, but I really stand by it. Um, because it was 
it broke the mold, you know, in so many ways from a musical theater standpoint, from a non-traditional casting standpoint, from an art standpoint, from a Disney princess standpoint. I mean, the first black princess, it was just, it really, it really resonated with me as someone who, you know, who watched every Disney movie from, you know, Beauty and the Beast to The Little Mermaid to Aladdin to Cinderella to Snow White, all of them, right? There had never been a princess that looked like Brandy. And I loved, and something that has stayed with me, I love musical theater, as sad as that may be. Um, Broadway will come back. Um, and so that was my first foray into seeing, oh, the scale and just the absolute, like, grandeur and beauty and joy that musical theater can bring to the masses in a place that isn't, you know, $500 to see the Hamilton on Broadway, right? It made it accessible for all of these people. You could be in Wichita, Kansas. You could be in Alaska. You could be in South Orange, New Jersey. That's where I was. Um, and you, you got to experience the joy of musical theater and the first Black princess. And it was kitschy and fun and well done. And its sensibility was so specific and so unique. And as a queer kid who lived in the suburbs too, it was like very queer and just absolutely absurd. The colors, the, the Klimt art, the, all, all of it coalesced to be this absolutely absurd, bizarre, yet totally grounded in real thing. And as a kid who grew up in, a, I grew up in like a pretty diverse suburb of North New Jersey. You know, I had friends who were black and white and Asian. You know, that's what my grade school class looked like. That's what my sports teams, my, you know, musical theater, you know, my, <laughs> my you know, shows that I did. So it did as absurd and bizarre and sort of bigger than life and, you know, fantastical as the movie was, it did show a slice of life or represent my experience as a black person living in the world. It's like, I wasn't only around white people or only around black people or only around Asian people. It's like actually just a mix of a lot of different people, which I think sounds so, you know, <laughs> simple, as, but it was such a groundbreaking, a groundbreaking thing to see. And you know, what? just because you were also talking about like, you know, this movie was impactful, but it was also so funny, right? And I mean, just for people, if they were not sitting in front of their TV in 1997, if you don't, that's all communally list out all the amazing actors. We've got Jason I mean, Alexander, Bernadette Whoopi Peters, Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Like, Can I you, mean, need you say more? It's just the it was just the A list, A list talent from like all stars. these different stars, stars. And let's not forget R.I.P. Natalie Desel Reed. She was so funny. Mm -hmm. She recently passed away oh. um, a few months ago. Unbelievably, unbelievably funny. Vianne Cox, the famous Broadway actress, so, so good. Victor Garber, across the board, everyone was operating, you know, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, people forget that, you know, Jason Alexander's in this and we all like looking back like, oh, ha, ha, Jason Alexander, but girls... He was the biggest star on TV. One of the biggest stars <laughs> yeah, on TV at the time. Seinfeld was a juggernaut of a show. That's and so he funny. He's a huge star. And he's over here playing the butler. It's yeah. <laughs> Doing Amazing. a crazy Hilaria Baldwin accent just because he like felt yes. like it. What just absolutely. What was he doing? What was he going Transylvania, through? Transylvania, <laughs> like something Eastern Europe, but something vaguely European, but not sort of dialect wise. We didn't really land on a specific uh, country, but that's okay because it was it's fun. It's, fun. it's, it's fantasy. <laughs> it's, it's Disney. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was really, it was really crazy, you know, and it was my first four, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, now I know Seinfeld, but back then I was like, I was like, oh, that's George Costanza. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, like, <laughs> hilarious man, little man falling off a, you know, off off a ladder. ladder. <laughs> Who could forget? All right. We'll be right back to talk more Cinderella and the future of Black princesses.
At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, sir! Head over to NFLshop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, T-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLshop.com. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. Welcome back. We're talking with Chris Murphy about Brandy and Whitney Houston's Cinderella. Okay, so Chris, it's been almost 25 years since this came out. And in that time, Disney has delivered exactly one other black princess. And I'm going to let everyone take a moment to take a breath because, yes, 25 years. That's 25 a full years, grown sorry. person. Charlie D'Amelio wasn't even being thought of at this time. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Yeah, crazy, crazy. All right, so Chris, why has it taken so long for Disney to bring us another black princess? And do we think this will continue to be a problem going forward just because it, there seems to be huge swaths of time for blackness to exist in Disney? <laughs> yeah. Well, I really, not to answer your second question first, I really, really hope upon hope that they'll get their act together, that there won't be another 25-year gap between the Black princesses or a 20- or 19-year gap, um, whatever the gap was between Brandy and Tiana, Anika Noni Rose um, in uh, The Princess and the Frog. It's one of those things where it was such an impactful event, but because it sort of was its own its own thing. It was sort of siloed into this made-for-TV movie that wasn't re-aired every year. Like the Leslie Ann Warren Cinderella was re-aired for eight years in a row. Her Cinderella that aired on ABC or on Disney, rather. But it was a one-time event, and we're only just now really seeing the reverberations and sort of like the impact, and people are really seeing that, oh, this is a model that not only do people love, but that actually like can change lives and can be a really successful, both artistically speaking and also, honestly, monetarily speaking. You don't get Hamilton without Disney yep. Cinderella. You don't get T. Bridgerton without T. Disney Cinderella. And guess mm-hmm. what? These all happened in the last five years. So I'd like to think that, you know, the big wigs, you know, the execs who, if we, you know, I tweeted about this, they were not all for Brandy and Whitney Cinderella. Some of them, you know, there was one as uh, one exec who famously wanted uh, Jewel to play Cinderella because they thought Cinderella needed Wild. to be white, which like, I'm no sorry, shade Jewel? to Jewel. Yes, who will okay. say it? Yes. <laughs> like, which again, like we love, like great for her, not, you know, no shade to her, but absolutely not. That's not what that movie needed to be. That's not what we wanted. And that's not, that would have absolutely 
marred and changed uh, what made the movie so magical, seeing a, a Black princess and a Black fairy godmother connecting and making the, her dreams come true. That was impactful. So, yeah, we need to... Disney, I think... I don't know how many times we have to scream it from the rooftops or tweet it or, or scream it. Like, this is viable artistically. It's viable monetarily. And this is what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Chris, I love that you brought up Bridgerton because, you know what? One big thing we're starting to see is more color-conscious casting. Yes. Shonda Rhimes... I love that you use that word instead of colorblind because colorblind doesn't really exist, but color-conscious or non-traditional, that's that's the money. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, let's not use colorblind. Let's not. <laughs> so, Shonda Rhimes' interpretation of the Bridgerton book series is one success story in this regard. Do you think that we'll see more color-conscious casting by Disney when it comes to their princess and princesses? I mean, I have to believe, and again, I hate to sound like a capitalist pig um, because I don't care about what makes money and what doesn't make money. I only care if the art is good and if the story is told well and if the performances are great, but Disney cares what makes money. (laughs) Oh, it does. I mean, let's talk about how they love to sell like Disney gay pride things, but where's my gay princess at? (laughs) Yes, thank you. Yes, where's gay princess, queer princess? Let's get a queer princess and a queer prince. So yes, I I very much agree with you. Money is at the top of their list, probably not color conscious casting. Yes, money is at the top of their list, but I think if we look at, you know, what the the juggernaut and sort of like the, the, the most culturally impactful pieces of art, you know, recently, there has been this bent toward color conscious casting and diverse casts and, you know, showing different swaths of life and putting those swaths of life together with other, you know, other different swaths of life and and whatnot. So I would like to, I mean, maybe I'm a little, you know, Pollyanna, a little uh, cockeyed optimist, but I think it would be foolish of them not to sort of lean into this mode of storytelling. I mean, if you can have, you know, Frozen, you got like a snow person running around and like a talking moose, right? Why can't you have, you know, two queer princesses fall in love or, you know, an Asian princess and, you know, an East Asian princess and what I, you know, any sort of combination. Because while, you know, the thing that was so clear to me, even from like a young age, is that while obviously Victor Garber and Whoopi Goldberg having Paolo Montalban as a son, you know, doesn't really necessarily (laughs) scan if you do the Punnett square of genetics, but like, I don't care about that when I'm watching, you know, when I'm watching a fairy tale or even watching most, most cinema or not at all. I was like, his parents want him to get married and they love him. Yeah. Because it's more about, it's about the human connection and the human condition and (laughs) less about necessarily the race. But that being said, the fact that I was able to see a Filipino prince, you know, falling in love with a black princess and see a interracial king and queen that expanded my idea of what is possible. Ooh, it's possible. It's possible. I got chills. I'm not ashamed to say it. I got chills from tying in the song. (laughs) I wish that I did that on purpose, but it was uh, totally an accident, but it, it really expanded my idea of what is possible and what is, you know, normal or what is accepted. And that makes a huge, a huge, huge difference. So you're always, you're always seeing color, you're always seeing race, but it can inform and expand a story instead of limit it and put it in a box or make it, you know, or make it somehow small. It only actually opens up 
possibilities, I think, color conscious casting. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I hope, you know, Disney, if you're listening, these are free ideas. <laughs> these are free ideas. You're not getting charged. And I think you're exactly right that like, not only did it allow all of us to kind of expand what we thought was possible in love and in fantasy, but it also is like paying out in a real way this year with Ariel in The Little Mermaid. But Halle Bailey will be playing Ariel and there's no way that would be happening if Brandy had not been a princess already. Like these things all connect and there's a reason why they're re-releasing it right now before that <laughs> film comes out. Oh, 100%. So, oh my so, gosh. So let's talk about a black Ariel, which people were very upset about. Do you think this is going to have as much excitement? Oh, God. The emails that I got. The emails I got. <laughs> the thing that I think they're most upset about, which is the actually the dumbest thing in the world, is that Ariel is like a redhead and they're yep. like, black women can't be redheads. And it's like, have you, like, go out, well, go for a walk. Go outside and look around. But anyone can have any hair color now. Like, like are you kidding me? Yes. Rihanna has had red hair, famously. Yes. Zendaya had had red hair. Zendaya, Candy Burris on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, they, they, we, I, we could go, Portia Williams, we could go on and on. <laughs> Black women could have red hair. Anyone, anyone could have red hair. I could have red hair, you could have red hair and whatnot. So the sort of the ire, I mean, these traditionalists of you people who somehow think that storytelling needs to reflect the, the way that they were told it back in the day. It, it's just so asinine and reductive. But I do think that this is, it's so amazing that you mentioned Halle Bailey, that we're reaching a point where, while it is definitely, you know, still news and groundbreaking, we've done this before. Brandy, you know, we took these first steps. We've sort of, we've burst through this glass ceiling. And yes, it's taken 25 years for us to sort of re-get there again. But hopefully the cycle of getting more people of different races and colors and creeds and, you know, backgrounds to take on these classic roles, because guess what? Every person wants to sing part of your world. I want to sing part of your world in a Disney movie. You, she wants to say anyone, anyone would want to sing that, right? There are some things that are so beautiful, some songs, some, you know, some performances, some, some aspects of all these characters that like any, you know, young girl should get the chance to sing that song and to, and to play that and shouldn't be out of the running because they weren't born with red hair. That's a ridiculous notion. So yeah, I really hope this is the, you know, the start of a brand new day or we're at least pushing forward into making this less of a catastrophic thing. But there will always be, you know, detractors and zanies and fools. I would go so far as to say it's a whole new world. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. I'm so well, sorry. Yeah, I'm I was, so sorry. Guys. No, I thought I did, but you did it. Yeah, yeah. We're really coming with the fire today. So we all watched really... Disney this weekend. So Chris, before we let you go, I have to continue my chaos and ask one final question. God. I love and that. If you could pair Haley Bailey with an opposite in The Little Mermaid that would be as iconic as the Brandy and Whitney pairing, who would she be opposite to? Oh my God, you know who I'm gonna say, which is crazy, which is actually good casting. Um Zayn. Oh, wow. Zane? Zayn Malik? She should be with Zayn Malik. He can sing. Oh. He's so handsome. He kind of has, I mean, not that it matters, but if we're thinking about Prince Eric as like a brunette with like dark hair, like absolutely has got that in spades. I, I think they would have great chemistry. Mm-hmm. He's Middle Eastern. Yeah. yeah, he's Middle Eastern. He's a person of color. And one that we have, you know, we haven't seen that in the Disney yep. universe really since Aladdin. Yep. Um, I think that would be, wow, I'm like really into this. Actually. I think that would be really... <laughs> Pop stars underwater. Who doesn't want to see that? Chris, you have a new job. Head of casting, Disney. I have a point (laughs) to you. Done. 
Done, done, done. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your peace and bullshit and for spending time with us today as we kind of come down off our Cinderella high. Really oh, my God. I'll it. never come down. I'll never, I will never come back to Earth again. Ooh, that's another <laughs> reference. Um, but thank you so much. I've had so much fun, Casey and Zach. I could do this literally forever and for hours. All right. That's it for today. Come back tomorrow to join us. And remember, Brandy Cinderella flew so Bridgerton and Halle Bailey's Ariel from The Little Mermaid could rocket into the outer space. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway and maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now.